Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a Nazi zombie sniper boy, and a reinvigorated listener of Tool, Dan Masters, who my good friend, a Patrick Marlowe for the Hall of Fame committee member, and a man who will soon be buying shares in Spotify. Will every human, Will, how are you doing? Uh, very, very well. Surprised that you um, led with a Nazi as the uh, immediate uh, <laughs> start of your introduction. <laughs> I'm a Nazi zombie sniper. That's the difference. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying you're really running, really running the risk. Like, yeah, I have, I have issues with my podcast players on the old telephone or the computer from now and then. You know, maybe issues with like Bluetooth headphones or whatever. Guarantee there's somebody out there who's going to listen to this. It's going to be, <laughs> welcome to Super S1 Park. I'm Dan, a Nazi, and my good friend. <laughs> and they're going to think it was like a pause for reaction. Like you're fucking Milo Yiannopoulos or whatever. <laughs> you're playing dangerous games, that's all I'm saying, Dad. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. The way with editing and everything, anybody could chop that up into anything they want to as well now. Now, I've said the word Nazi on here, that's it, isn't it? I'm, f- I'm practically fucked. You, you, could have a, you could have a beautiful little, <laughs> you host Dan, a Nazi tool fan, what, whatever you want. <laughs> get, get it cut it up, cut up really nicely, a reinvi- reinvigorated Nazi... There's fucking a Hall of Fame yeah. Nazi. There's Hall of Fame. <laughs> Patrick Patrick Marlowe. Patrick Marlowe is a Hall of Fame Nazi and a Spotify share buyer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god! Excellent. Oh, we need to we need to get a fucking running a running tally of people we've accused of being Nazis. <laughs> I think we're up to about five now or something oh, like god. that. Gotta be. I mean, Tony D probably doesn't count. I don't think we can. No, I was going to say, yeah, the, the running tally needs to be people who we accuse of being a Nazi, but are nowhere near being a Nazi. We just, it's, we've just said it sometimes for jokes or because we're idiots, not actual allegedly. Nazis. I, th- I think allegedly. allegedly, the allegedly needs to swing both ways. Yeah, they're allegedly Nazis, but they're also allegedly not Nazis. Nobody fucking knows whether Patrick Marlowe's a Nazi or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, a I fantastic point. Out. Yeah, you don't you don't get caught cold, do we? No, he's he's going to turn into the next fucking Bobby Hull, and then we'll be uh, we'll be trotted out as the number one Patrick Marlowe Nazism defenders. Or we can say that we're on the right side of history, and we called it years ago. This before this all, is before it all That's comes out. To be kept. Yeah. Allegedly, he's left, right, and centre, and you'll never be caught out. Yeah, allegedly everywhere. Just on the back of that, though, <laughs> if you've not got if you've got a, a PS4 or a PS5, and you haven't picked up the free game this month, which is Nazi zombie sniper 4 you gotta get it it's so much fun it's just I thought, nuts i thought that was a call of duty reference but now there's a separate the nazis no there's a separate game there's a game called there's a game called sniper elite where you yes. are in the second world war and do different missions and stuff and they realized hang on a minute what's more fun than killing nazis how about zombie nazis and then they made another game out of it and they're all they're all excellent and it's a story story driven game you can play it first person you can play it with your friends there's horde modes there's all kinds of stuff on there but it's it's a hell of a lot of fun i'd recommend it for sure get it and get it on pc so you can mod it so that all the nazis are wearing uh, sharks jerseys <laughs> yeah we joke but somebody out there will do it this the modded community is ridiculous isn't it <laughs> I fucking i fucking hope so that'd be that'd be a, a depressing crossover of someone who is listens to this show and enjoys our, our dumb jokes enough to spend the time modding in fucking Patrick Marlowe jersey onto onto the hordes of Nazi zombies. That's so true. And as I as I mentioned as well, a reinvigorated listener of Tool this week. I've suddenly rediscovered how unbelievably amazing they are, and I, w- I just wanted to quickly get your thoughts on them because I do appreciate your because your musical tastes are sort of different to mine in some respects, and I always appreciate what you think. I think like I've never I'd never go as far as to call myself like a tool fan, but yeah, the 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 big tunes were like um the ones that I'm not going to be able to remember the you know the schism Numa yeah schism parabolus um, parabolus is that a tune or an album? yeah the fucking I, the no, I think it's an album either way There's, schism is a fucking quality tune you can't deny it yeah like if you, you just type in fucking tool on YouTube that's going to get you. Yeah, the the tool tunes I've heard, yeah, cool stuff. Like I appreciate the fucking weirdness of it. Uh, Maynard James Keenan is a fucking freak, and you can't can't deny that. Like you've got to love it. You've got to love the pot. Is a word I was thinking. And let- lateralis. Yeah, there you go. Fucking and I, I you was close. Yeah, good good band, but just one I've never gotten into enough. You know. Yeah, I get it. I think there's sometimes I think with tool the issue is if you you have to. 
sort of dedicate time listening to it to fully appreciate it. It's not yeah, something definitely. I will put on in the back. There's some songs I'll just have on in the background almost to not pay attention to. It's just noise that I sometimes need in the background. Whereas Tool is more, if I'm driving and I'm just, there's nothing else going on, I'm just driving, then, yeah, then it's, then I can kind of fully sort of get into it and really appreciate it. But it's one of those bands you have to really kind of listen to to appreciate all the little things they do. So it kind of, yeah, it makes sense if people don't get into them really. It's, it's that sort of like sonically abrasive, technical metal kind of stuff. Like even that description is describing a completely different band at all, but you know what I mean? Like that sort of, it's arty, it's a bit different. It's, it's, it's a hard listen. Like you say, you can't just chuck it on as you would like on a fucking George Ezra album or whatever, you know, like something to just have in the background. So yeah, I don't think it's good. And, and for me, like it's it's adjacent to a lot of bands I like, like bands like Cult of Luna and uh, Isis and stuff like that. That are you know great bands, but it's just Tool is slightly just close enough that I don't love Tool enough to listen to them over those bands if I want that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Do you know what was quite funny and or terrifying is that I said. I need to really concentrate on tour to listen to them. And then I listed the activity of driving <laughs> as a time when I wouldn't have to concentrate on anything else except the music. <laughs> how scary is that? Not, That's not how, like, that is insane how like, we just take driving for granted, don't we? We just take it for granted. I am moving this one-ton piece of machinery down the road at a great speed. And I don't even need to concentrate while I'm doing it. I'll just do other things while I'm doing it. That's terrifying. Yes, it's fucking, it's absolutely terrifying. Absolutely, like, how how often people, yeah, every, every every person who drives, say, the same route regularly will have that experience of being halfway through your journey and almost snapping to your senses and being like, fuck, I don't know what's going on. Like, yeah, how did done, I get here? Yeah, I've done X amount of miles of driving purely on autopilot. And, like, to an extent, that's safe. Like, if you know the roads, you know the roads. But it's that weird thing where, yeah, you feel like... Like, you're not really paying attention. Yeah, you don't, though, do you? You don't. You just take it for granted as that's what you're doing. I know where I'm going. I don't need to pay attention. And it's either, and especially in the morning as well, oh you'll, like, God, you'll yeah. almost wake up. You'll wake up sort of halfway through your, your journey and be thinking, God, I was, I was in bed like an hour ago. <laughs> I was asleep. <laughs> and now I'm here. How did I get here? Yeah, that's, oh, God. That, that's terrible. That's the fucked up part of it. That is so bad. It's so bad. It's, it's astounding. It's astounding. There aren't way more car crashes every single day on every single road. <laughs> it's astounding. Yeah, I, I think especially when you consider that having driving as a secondary activity or, or having a secondary activity while you're driving is so commonplace. Obviously, like using your mobile phone and stuff nowadays is, is rightfully illegal and very dangerous and stuff. But for fucking decades, we've had radios that you're, you're fiddling with to change the station, changing your CD or whatever. Uh, fiddling with your aircon, your fans, your fucking this, that, and the other, like talking to people a friend. Who sm- people who smoke in the car. People who smoke, yeah, absolutely. Like, and that's Even not stuff to, like not drinking, to... people eating sandwiches in the car, going from one place to the other. It's, it's, yeah, it's, scary. it's fucking, fucking scary. And like all, and, and, and all that stuff's like socially accepted more than, say, using your telephone. But I'm, I'm not to demonize anyone. I do, I do all that shit and more. Like, but I'm a menace on the roads. But, um, <laughs> it's just fucking yeah it's, it's terrifying like how how like yeah like exactly like you say we take driving for granted when it is fucking the most dangerous thing that anyone does on any given day really yeah for sure all right some interesting news this week quite i think quite a few interesting topics this week the first one to go with is that the nhl's tv deal as they are going to turn up broadcasting 225 million dollars a year for the next seven years Good news for hockey fans, in my opinion, because and I'm talking to I'm talking to Gaz and Bill personally here, if you ever catch this show. Please, please just let a team cover the NHL like they do with inside the NBA. Please. Because just to show where people can have fun, we've said this a million times, the NHL is still in the dark ages when it comes to the presentation of the product and the game. And I'm just hoping that going to Turner will sort of amplify the need for okay we need personalities here you can't just have a game that's fun because inside the nba is one of those ridiculous do you know what it's like it's like soccer saturday that show should make no sense (laughs) soccer saturday for those of you who don't know is this super popular show in the uk and all it is is they have four ex-footballers 
and a host sat around a table. They watch games that we can't watch. And they'll, they'll cut to them now and again, and they'll tell us what's happening in that game. That's the show. That's yeah, it. The, we the, can, the, we the can, most you get on. is the most you get is maybe a, a fifth or sixth ex footballer in the crowd in the stands, and you've got a video of them talking to the mic, and maybe a few members of the crowd are like a corner of the pitch behind them. But that's yeah. that's the closest you get to watching actual football, and it's five fucking hours long. It's six hours long, dude. It's <laughs> six. six hours. It's all day Saturday, <laughs> twelve till six. Oh and at no God. point, at no point in that show do they show any live football. There's none, <laughs> none of it. It's just people talking about football, and that's the same with inside the NBA. If I if, can you can you imagine ten years ago, you go to a a network and say, "I've got this amazing idea for an NBA show." Okay, yeah, what is it? Okay, so you have a host, you have three guests, but they don't really know much about basketball. They'll be like megastars, and they'll have played it for years. They'll have won NBA titles. They'll have won trophies galore yet if you ask them about the nba they'll hum and haw and not really know what they're talking about who would ever watch that show (laughs) who would ever watch that show we'll have a game where one of the hosts who played in the league for years and years and years doesn't even know what teams players play on and it's going to be hilarious people you'd get laughed out of the room you'd get laughed out of the room and the nhl needs to realize that Okay, sometimes it's just about the personality. Yeah, the games are great. We love the, the we love the on ice product. It's still super exciting, super interesting, fun, competitive, the whole nine yards, all the stories into that. But you, like we said before, you need to have that background thing. And I hope going to Turner is going to provide that somewhat. Yeah, fingers fingers crossed. I think the question about what Turner on on TNT for anyone who doesn't know, because I didn't know TNT was Turner for a long time. It's TNT. The question about whether TNT will be a success for the NHL is about how much the NHL allows it to be a success. Because as much as we shit on NBC for their coverage, Sportsnet to a lesser extent for their coverage, because I do think the Sportsnet and, and TSN coverage is, is more entertaining than the NBC coverage. But as much as we shit on the current package for the lack of entertainment and uh, innovative ways to they cover the NHL compared to the past... I do think that a lot of that is, as ever, linked to the NHL not allowing the change. Like, imagine imagine fucking TNT going to an NHL team and being like, oh, we want to do this, that, and the other kind of light-hearted coverage of your team. Are you going to be cooperative with it? Like, now they're going to be... You've seen how some of these players can be to reporters and media personalities. Like, imagine imagine some geezer from fucking... Like, the, the hockey community exiled George Strombolopoulos from the fucking hosting Hockey Night in Canada. If we we can't deal with a geezer who's wearing a suit without any socks and without a tie, because that's not fucking, that's not hockey, how the fuck are we going (laughs) to deal with, I don't know, getting fucking Chris Jericho on? And I don't know, or whoever. You know what I mean? I don't, I, I hope that TNT will be able to do what they do because they've proven, as you've said, that they can make a fantastic product. I just think that the NHL is going to get in its own way yet again. I don't think I don't think they I don't think they can get in their own way that much because once you've agreed to the deal with Turner, you then have the highlights, you have the 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 ability to access all the data and all that kind of thing that you need to make a show. If at first players don't want to be on it or don't want to do it or don't want to talk on the show, who cares? Talk about the games. Just play. I mean, Christ, play something along the lines of who he played for. Like something like that. You don't need the players to do that. And then once the show starts to gain popularity, then maybe they'll loosen up. And like we said before, it's the younger players that are going to come through. You, you already see like like guys like Pasternak, Matthews, even someone like McKinnon. And then you've got the younger younger players coming through who came through in this different era. Guys like, all right, Quinn Hughes or Kaprizov or Jason Robertson or whoever. These younger guys are going to be the ones that are going to sort of push it forward. And as soon as, like, now Turner has the the ability to have those highlights or anything, like I said, all, all the stats available to them, you don't really need the players at first. And if the players see it makes it has a good effect, well, then then you can go from there. Yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. I, ju- I just worry that you could easily have, you know, pushback from within the league if, yeah, even if it's uh, sort of hands-off content, you know, you don't need the cooperation of the teams or the league itself to produce it 
I can imagine that maybe certain segments go into air being perfectly popular, but for whatever reason, teams, members around the league saying, oh no, we don't really like how uh, the NHL is being represented here. This isn't a circus, this is the National Hockey League. We beat the shit out of each other for fun. I guess you're right. I mean, it is possible. It is possible. It's, it's just me being a think... pessimist more than anything. And I don't blame you for that. I, uh, I, I would normally take the pessimist view, but I think after seeing what they've done for the NBA and how they've mm. helped to create a more entertaining product for the NBA, I mean, the, the, the money the NBA gets now is absolutely ridiculous. And speaking of the money, I mean, hopefully, hopefully at some point, the players are going to see a little bit of an increase here. Of course, there's the disgusting word that is escrow that means the cap will have to stay flat for as long as for some fucking reason they decide but they're going up from what 200 million a year to over 600 million a year it shouldn't take that long for the uh, for the losses to kind of be recouped and then for the players to start seeing some of these benefits yeah you ser- you'd certainly hope so i it's, i wonder uh... if and God, almost got to like tread carefully of how to how to word this because like, i i want to staunchly say i oppose naturally opposed basketball sports and all that sort of shit and like there's a lot of stuff that like the spitting chicklets guys do that i do not agree with their viewpoints and the way they handle things etc etc but for an entertainment standpoint well if you end up with fucking spitting chicklets on the tnt show for a lot of people that's gonna be uh, the the nhl equivalent of of uh inside inside the nba isn't it you're right i think that is why that is why they're popular. And, and, and the whole Barstool thing is, a, and we're we not getting to that today because that's a bloody tour podcast by itself. But <laughs> the reason why that's popular, I believe, is because it's real people talking about sports. It's not stuffy. It's not, like I've said before, it's absolutely insane. It's insane the rules that some of these large corporations have. I know that Elliot Friedman's beard was a thing because you're not allowed to have a beard on mm-hmm. Sportsnet. I mean, when he, when just, he wore a fucking turtleneck, as on national like, news. Yeah, Friedman wears a turtleneck. They've, they've, they. I, I didn't listen to it, but I know on Thirty One Thoughts this week they've got the wardrobe person on who does all their. Oh, clothes. She, yeah, fan, fantastic. Probably, she, uh, really good probably interview. because, yeah. Oh my god, is she the woman who got Elliot in the turtleneck? It's a <laughs> turtleneck. I mean, we just, you know, I'm not saying it's a dying thing because you still need that now and again. I've got no issue with, I've got no issue with that. But in the year 2021. Where, oh, okay, well, you can't really show tattoos, you can't have a beard. I mean, what, what are we doing here? It's 2021, people. And this, that, that's why sometimes, that's why I think that Barstool does have that reach to people because it's like you're watching your friends. It's just guys sat around in t shirts and hoodies talking shit, talking about the game. That's, that's what they do. And I can um, get why that appeals to people because it's kind of beating that old stuffy guard kind of out of the way. And on a show, if they did a show inside the NHL, for example, you know, I don't want to see people fully dressed out in fucking suits or the women in a fucking evening gown stood in front of a giant board talking about stats. You don't need that. You need something else. That's just how they're going to have to, hopefully that's how they're going to promote it. But we, we, need to, we need to allow Elliot Friedman to talk about his junk on national television. That's what we need. <laughs> we need to adopt that. His junk that, beard. His, his junk beard. Are you implying that Friedman both had a massive beard and a massive... Uh, so, inside the NHL this week. You know? <laughs> no, I, I think I think the way that they will go to get those... If they, if they do go that way, which you, you would imagine they will, it will be getting in personalities akin to your Jeremy Roenicks, your, your Paul Bessonettes. Yeah, and, and steering away from the traditional analysts that we've seen, which to an extent, like, I don't... I, I think that, you know, people like Keith Jones and... Patrick Sharp and like I reckon Bieksa would get a job there well but like there's there are ex-players who are analysts at the moment who do a perfectly good job with like the the sort of uh, mandate they're given but I think for TNT if they're gonna if they're gonna try and imitate the inside the NBA type thing it is definitely going to be getting the more um more brash members of the NHL alumni shall we say yeah I think you're right but then Shaq and Charles Barkley aren't exact, you know, they're not like, they weren't kind of known for being, it's not fucking Rodman, is it? Do you know what I mean? They were just, they're just guys who are funny. That's, that was it. And, you know, they have a, a good way about them and a good sort of chemistry. 
Yeah, and that's so you don't, where it's I not think... like you have to go and get you know you don't have to go and get the absolute craziest person you can find, but you are yeah but, you're right you need to, it is a personality thing. But but I think you do have to go and get the craziest person that you can find because it's the NHL, and if you don't find the craziest member of the NHL alumni, you're just getting fucking Brad Hayes from fucking Saskatchewan who chooses gum and gets the puck in deep. Do you know what I mean? Like there isn't that fucking. <laughs> middle ground where it's like yeah this guy's funny he's personable perfectly likable let's get him on it's nice either he's a fucking hockey robot or he's a nazi freak like which one do you want <laughs> i was gonna say that's why tony d'angelo's not taking that rangers buyout he's waiting for the end of the season so he can get he can get that to TNT. straight onto tnt <laughs> inside the nhl <laughs> Right, before we get oh, into uh, this this week's edition of Who He Played For, Tony, you've got a special message. Uh, yeah, there's a Proud Boys rally this Saturday. <laughs> uh, I want to see everybody out there. Let's uh, crack some Antifa skulls. And yeah, let's do it. Okay, uh, Josh Archibald, Who He Played For. <laughs> Tony, how was your weekend? Let me first just say this, okay? I mean, David Duke had some good points. Now, hear me out. <laughs> All right, Tony, Tony. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Tony, stop, stop, stop. We've got to move on. We've got to move on, Tony. <laughs> Look at you, beating me down again. It's not fair. In the, in the fucking, in the, in the van, there's a, there's a producer like, get the camera off, Tony, he's doing the salute again. <laughs> oh, dearie, dearie me. Allegedly. 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 It's just jokes, allegedly. folks. It's just jokes. That's all it is. Just jokes. It's, just doing someone jokes. who doesn't need the allegedly, it's probably Tony D, isn't it? Yeah, but I'll throw it out there anyway. It's just satire, people. It's just satire. We're Tony, basically... Tony D or us? Us, us. We're, we're basically hockey's John Oliver. That's what we are. I'm going to put us in there. <laughs> just satire. Oh, Christ. Did, right. did you see that thing with him on... Yeah, I was... I was uh, it's fucking absolute pointless aside, but did you see that thing with John Oliver on Jimmy Fallon a while ago where he starts talking about Amazon working conditions and stuff? Oh, I didn't. I've probably I've seen so much of his stuff, but I, I don't remember it. It's on. like it's it's nothing that it's more like an indictment of Fallon himself. Like they're playing some game where you're trying to get um, Alexa to say something without saying the word itself. Oh, okay, and yeah, eventually John Oliver like I don't know starts because he's on Zoom and Fallon's in the in the studio. He's like starts shouting out trying to say like oh. Alexa, t- tell us about Amazon warehouse employees' working conditions and stuff like that. And just the way that Jimmy Fallon is so quickly like, no, no, shut up, shut up, stop talking about it. It's like, yeah, you fucking, you fucking shill. Hey, everyone's, everyone's scared of losing their money, aren't they? Everyone's fucking always scared well. of losing their money. Why? It's, it's hard to get, Dan. It's hard to get. I can't blame you for not wanting to give it up. And that's why it's great that we can do this show because we don't get paid anything for doing it. So we've got nobody to <laughs> fucking. We've got no sponsors to uh, take care of. Nothing to lose. <laughs> nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. All right, let's start the show. Go on. As always, we're brought to you by Wave Intel. We are approaching the squeaky bum time of the season, where things start to tighten up, including your sphincter. Use Wave Intel's comparison charts and bounty of other stats to get you ready for the postseason disappointment of your team. Wave Intel, online and on Twitter, being smart, so you don't have to. Check out Three Men and Their Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter, and we're on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Smart Speakers, anywhere else you can listen. Leave us a nice review, helps a lot. Tell someone if you like the show, and if you don't like it, get knotted. Your first stars of the week this week are Patrick Marlowe, who killed the legacy of somebody called Mr. Hockey, and Jane Vergara, a clinical nurse educator generalist at a local San Jose hospital. She hires and teaches clinical staff and contractive nurses to ensure they are well-informed and confident in providing exceptional patient care. She's taken charge of various types of teaching throughout the hospital, helping to grow the clinical education system, practice and informatics department over the past five years. Jane, you are a legend. Yeah, fucking again, another week, another person doing important work. Like if you're not passing yeah. on that information, like there's, yeah, hoarding information gets us nowhere as a society. So thank you very much, Jane. I always think somebody like 
Jane is somebody who is even cooler because she she's not just a nurse. She she teaches people. So she's not so she's so smart. She can I mean nurses are way smarter than me and you. So she can actually and she teaches them what to do. So she must be uber smart. But that's another one for the um for the edit, editing editing room floor. <laughs> I'm Why? your host Dan, a Nazi. Jane oh. is just a nurse. <laughs> I didn't say just a nurse. <laughs> so she's not just a nurse. <laughs> yeah, but all right, all right. I know what you've done there. You've twisted my words. That's what you've I, done. Oh yeah, spin doctor baby. Oh, hey, well done to Patrick Marlowe as well for finally uh, winning something in his career. Right, let's move on. <laughs> I see this what? earlier in the week. I'd thought there was something I'd wanted to not walk back necessarily, but like correct. And I think it was giving Patrick Marlowe more more props for his achievement, but. Um, I've forgotten what it was, so uh, yeah, fuck him. So you want to give him, you want to give him more credit now for playing a lot? Is that what you're saying? He did. He's played a fucking lot. Like, what there you, you go. What, do you, a what lot. do you want from him? Not only see his his Hall of Fame resume is flying up now. It's 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 soaring. Well, not only has he played a lot, he's now a first star of the week. I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, get that plaque ready. What what else can we say? God's sake! <laughs> oh my God! The first first star of the week should be um. What's his wife's name? Christina. Yeah, yes. Christina. Because because uh, she so. not not instead of Jane, instead of Patrick. Because she's well, he's played fucking four million games, and she's had those. Well, he's got four boys, haven't they? Oh Christ! As, poor woman. As, as we always say, yeah, exactly, exactly. All while he's swanning off, fucking dicking about, <laughs> dicking about, just not getting injured. <laughs> she she's trying to she's trying to go fucking Tonya Harding on him. Please. <laughs> just to get him to look after the kids. If, if anything, this is it. If, if anything, him playing this many games in the NHL is actually a, a sign that he's a bad role model because he's uh, negating his sorry, uh, neglecting his duty as a parent. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's uh, neglecting his fatherly duties. So there you go. You see, we'll put that. That's a mark against his ho- that Hall of Fame oh, career. So that that now nullifies his first star of the week. So maybe we should take that back. First star of the week. In bad parenting, Patrick Marlowe. So, so I'm making Mark Shifu the first star of the week. Ooh, let's move on to that then. I, I had this on the. Let's yeah. move on to that. Let's move on to that because Mark Shifley got benched for was it something like 17 minutes of the game the other night? He uh, yes. Paul Maurice was not happy with the way that Shifley sort of lazily left the ice and and got benched. And Shifley, to be fair. Shafley Maurice didn't make a big thing of it. He said, I don't like it. He's the coach, but I'm the player. I've got to live with it, and I've got to try harder. And Maurice said the same thing. Yeah, he wasn't happy, but that's my decision to make, and they've just moved on. Here was the question from that, though, that I had. Are certain players above benching? Do you feel that there should be... Well, like we've said, there's there's other rules for other players. If this is you know young guy coming into the league, fair enough, you can understand it. John Tortorella aside, obviously. A guy like Shifley, who's considered to be probably the Jets, you know, one of the Jets' top three players, one of the league's best players, is it not just enough to basically give him a rollicking? Or do you think, no, no, if he, whoever it is, it's, you know, you get benched and that's it? I think, I think benching is such a fucking double edged sword, though, isn't it? Because, like, so, so for this one with Shifley, he'd taken like a 90 second shift at four on four and then, like, coasted back to the bench when it was. They one down, one up. It was a one goal game either way. I think so one down, yeah. And I think the thing for me is the coasting back to the bench. Like, yeah, Shifley's their best centre, and if you're at four on four and it's a tight game, I think certain players like well, if, if Ovechkin's out there for ninety seconds of a power play, no one's going to be like, "Ooh, fucking Ovechkin having double shifts on the power play." Like that's that sensible use of your star player. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I think I kind of. For big player, for any player to an extent, if you've put a player in the lineup, like you obviously think that they can do a job for you and will contribute to you winning. So then, punishing them in game is just shooting yourself in the foot, especially when it is your top line center. For me, I think you you don't bench players; just like take away other privileges outside of the game or fucking whatever. I don't, know. I, don't I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know enough about the intricacies of what you can and can't do to punish a player under the CBA, but. Take yeah, away his pocket money? It, well, we fucking like, well, it sounds like they fucking do that anyway if you uh, play for Arizona. But <laughs> in, in what way does that help Paul Maurice to bench Shifley for fucking 17 minutes? Granted, they've, have they already qualified for the playoffs? 
No, they haven't yet. They're playing the North Division, so yes. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So many teams are, are locked in now, but there are a bunch of others who you think, you're definitely locked in, aren't you? But clearly not. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think it's right to punish him, especially leading into the playoffs. You've got to make sure that you've got the discipline and the, the fucking uh, work rate from all your players. But yeah, 17-minute benching. Fucking hell. It's a bit, a bit much, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think... I cannot, I cannot remember the player. It's it's an older player and it's an NFL player. It was a player who played for the Raiders under when John Madden was the coach. And I can't oh, remember shit. his name. It wasn't one of the more famous ones that I've heard of, like Ken Stabler or somebody like that. But a reporter said to him, are you ever concerned about what he gets up to in the week? And he says, no, I just hope he turns up on Sunday. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I was like, that's so good. I don't care what he does in the week. Just turn up on Sunday and win his games. That's it. I don't care. Yeah, fucking. And I do play. think there are, like, there are there should be other rules for for better players. I'm sorry, that's just not fair. If you want to get, if you want to get special treatment, get better. It's as simple as that. And I agree good. with you. Paul Maurice is sending a message, but the message is, well, you lost that game, and yeah. okay, maybe you go yeah. down. Maybe that. Maybe the. Shifley cost you that goal and I think they went they went down 3-1 after that goal but then how are you expected to get back into the game if your number one centre is not playing and then or you, you know you just you just call him in the next day or you have a chat with him the next day or something like putting like you know get a video review or point at the TV screen and say okay this is not fucking acceptable don't do this again because if you do it again then we're going to have a problem kind of thing so yeah I, I agree with you in that sense how does he still play fucking 17 minutes in that game after getting Bench for that long. Well, he probably had a he probably had an eight minute shift after that because he was fresh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't he? <laughs> he had all his energy then. It's fine. I fucking yeah, I, I don't fucking understand it, mate. But yeah, like you've got to, yeah. I, I I think players can't be above punishment. But yeah, it's about you hear you hear so often like oh, I'm I'm in the business of winning games from coaches. Fucking act like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Interesting what you said about the playoffs. You are right. Essentially, aside from one or two teams, they're done. That's it. In the central, three teams have qualified. It's now between the, the Stars or Nashville. I really hope the Stars make it because then our prediction will come to fruition that the Nashville just aren't very good. It's fucking rough. So, I, I hope they make it because then it further emphasises what a bad decision it was for David Poyle to, to not sell at the deadline, which he should have done even if they do make it. Because what, what the fuck are yeah, they right. going to do? You're right. As we uh, as we realised last week, the Tottenham Hotspur of the NHL. Yeah, they should have sold at the deadline. <laughs> should sell all the and time. Then, ha- Harry Kane going for yeah. five mil. <laughs> and then the West. I mean, okay, I know that the Blues are only a point ahead of Arizona, but they've got three games in hand. And it's Arizona. You know, Arizona are not going to go on some crazy runs. There's only seven games left for Arizona. They're not going to go on a crazy run. So that's pretty much sorted out. The East is really interesting because it's five from. Well, it's not really five because the Capitals are probably in, the Penguins are probably in, and then you've got the Islanders, the Bruins, and the Rangers, who are kind of close. I mean, if the Bruins win their two games in hand and the Islanders win their game in hand over the Rangers, that's it, it's done. Yeah, it's wrapped up. Because the Rangers are going to have to pretty much be perfect here to, to have any chance of getting in and win out. And they've got a tough schedule coming up, so that one's kind of, And then the North is done. So you're all right. Even with seven, seven or eight games left for some teams, there's only probably... There's only two leagues that have got anything interesting going on. To be to be fair though, I think the West ain't wrapped up for St. Louis. Like them games games in hand, or the games they've got left. Uh five against Minnesota, who aren't the wild that we used to know at the moment. Two against Vegas, and then the last three are two at the Ducks and, and two and one with the Kings. So you've got yeah, three. But those teams those teams aren't fighting for their lives though, are they? They they ugh. Yeah, but like the, the wild, the avalanche. I mean, like they're not. I get it. You've still got to win those games, but it's not like you're playing a team that's on the court. If they had, if they had games left, if all their games left were against Arizona, that'd be way more interesting because they'd put way more effort in. If you've already qualified, you're not going to put as much effort. You're just not. Yeah, but like that's that's discounting how shit the Blues are at the moment. They got fucking forty eight points, Dan. Forty eight points. If they're in the East, they'd be seventh. And you got a fair point. I'm I'm just saying know, like, that's just... even even if you know Vegas and Minnesota aren't going like you know hell for leather, I still reckon they can fucking 
dispatch St. Louis. That said, I don't know how Arizona have to finish out their season, but yeah, I, th- I think that's. I'd say that's closer than the. I'd I'd be more. I put more money on uh, Arizona making it than the Rangers. Yeah, I think I. I probably yeah, I probably would, but I still don't think it's. I still don't think it's that close. I, I think the Blues will just. They've got too many good. Remember pl- <laughs> this before. They've got too many good players. They've got too many good players who can turn the game on their head in 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 one in one shift or. In one period, for example, I, yeah, I think they, they're too too talent heavy compared to they, the, uh, compared to the Yokes. And they've had those players all year. That's true, but hey, what do we always say? Start playing well towards the playoffs. You don't have to be those teams that sort of go on a run just as the playoffs start to start. Those are the teams. That's fucking. And it, I think it? I think the Blues are going to do that. The Pittsburgh Penguins, who. And I will have to eat my loss on this one. And I said this is the year they'll probably just not make it because Crosby and Malkin can't do it forever. I was right on that fact because Malkin's been injured for ages. So actually, <laughs> I was right on that. Yeah, the, the it you were talking it's about just was Crosby. staying healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's just Crosby. I, how the fuck? How the fuck have the Penguins done this? Have you looked at their roster? Uh, no, I'm not. Somebody I'm just, made the, just looking at it now. Somebody made the joke ages ago that, and I remember, I remember Freed retweeting it, and it got loads of traction because it was the Penguins are one of those teams where you'll read the score sheet and it'll say Malkin will score from Trevor Smith and Greg Johnson. I'm like, who the hell are they? Who are these? Pl- where? Are they, who are these players? And them and Tampa seem to do this every night. I just seem to see from Tampa, Tampa as well. Oh, it's the first NHL goal for this guy. Like, who is this? Like Matthew Joseph this season for the has been unbelievable for the for the Lightning. He's been really good. He's another guy who's just suddenly taken a step forward and now he's looking really good. But the Penguins have been amazing. And Mike Sullivan, I tell you, Mike Sullivan absolutely deserves some Coach of the Year nods because he has done an amazing, amazing job. Any coach, any coach, right? If he'd have done nothing else all year. Forget the fact that up until last night, they were first in the East, which is maybe the hardest division. If he did nothing else all year, he has turned Cody Ceci into a perfectly average NHL defenseman. That is nuts. That's insane. That's the thing I was going to say. The difference with the Penguins this year is you look through their lineup at the moment, at least, and you think, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard of most of these guys. And the problem is you've heard of most of these guys because it's like fucking Michael Matheson and Cody Cece and fucking Evan Rodriguez and Jeff Carter. Like, yeah, it's 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 mad. Like, it's not as much of a, a rotating cast of AHL nobodies, but there's some serious fucking reclamation projects in there. And, and like you yeah, say, sure. all of that without Evgeny Malkin, which is mad. I can't believe Malkin's played 29 games this year. 29. I know. And, and he's still the seventh highest scoring player on that team. <laughs> yeah, and and to be fair, like Crosby, Crosby's playing really well, really, really well. But he's not going off on some like outrageous superhuman McDavid McDavid esque season, is he? It's just can you argue I, I though think... that that's because of the division he's playing in? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But that's where I think you're right to bring it all back to Sullivan. Really, yeah. It's just well. Well managed. I mean, both goalies are, are doing well. De Smith and Jerry, like heart candidate uh, Tristan Jerry, which is just what we like to see. And let's not forget as well, they started fucking terribly. They started yeah. really bad, and they've turned it's, it around. It feels a bit like the Bruins a few years ago, where you think, oh, "All right, yeah, this is going to be it. It's over." And then, yeah, suddenly the the resurgence just starts. Fucking who knows what happens? When's when's Morgan meant to be coming back? Is that? He's got, I think, about three weeks, three or four weeks left. Fucking hell, whoa. You get walking back for the... If you, you know, survive the first... Not even the first round, like... Well, he'd probably be back for game one, in theory. In theory, I think so. Yeah, if he's, I mean, if he's close enough, he'll play, won't he? Yeah, absolutely. So, you get walking back for the playoffs. Fucking laughing, aren't you? <laughs> Cody Cecil is the ninth highest scoring penguin this season. <laughs> no, he fucking And he's like, isn't. he's not playing... He's not playing eight minutes. He's averaging nearly 19 minutes a night. That's fucking nuts, <laughs> Cody Cece. Good, good on yes. him. Well, well done. Yeah, good for Cody Cece. Jesus Christ, and he's out. He's outperforming play. I mean, John Marino had a great year last year, and was meant to be like the next kind of 
okay, this is like the next kind of D-man that's going to take over, come out of nowhere, do great things, and yeah, outperforming him. Guys like Teddy Bluger, Jared McCann. It's nuts how well they've done. And I will, uh, I'll happily eat crow on this one because they've proved a lot of people wrong. Did you hear that uh, that Patrick Waugh has got a, <laughs> was it, got a new agent and yeah, he's looking got... to coming back into uh, coaching or GMing? I think I think he didn't have an agent for a while now. Yeah, however it is, he's he's got a new agent and he's fucking yeah. He's re- he's exploring an NHL return as head coach or a GM, according to Luke Fox. Which fuck it either. I want to see. I want to see Patrick War as a fucking GM. Sign me up. Yeah, me too. Me too. That'd be amazing. Why not? He can't be any worse than the fucking bags of milk that are running some teams right now, can he? Jesus. Get him. Where Where do you want him? Where do you want to see him next season? <sighs> ideally, ideally, I want the Flames to catch the Habs. Bergevin gets the boot. Oh, <laughs> and then he goes back. God. And then he goes back to Montreal. Imagine, oh, sign me up, fucking hell! I think he'd be great. I think he'd be great wherever he goes, though. Oh my god, yeah! And there's loads of coaching, um, coaching spots opening up with people you know running out of uh, running out of contracts, like you know the Coyotes, the Sabers, Hurricanes, etc., etc. Hurricanes, fucking! Hell, I always forget that Rob Rob Brendamore's not uh, not under contract for next year, which is madness. No, and it's apparently not sort of. T- it's not going as well as they thought it would either. I think okay. Tom Dun 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 thought that he was going to just offer Rod whatever he wanted. He'd sign it, and Brindamore sort of say, "Oh, hang on a minute, look what I've done to this team. Currently, <laughs> on the back, currently the best team in the NHL." <laughs> so, how do you feel about uh, two hundred and fifty grand a year, Rod? No, <laughs> gonna say no. Yeah. I'm gonna say no to that. Uh, Considering what? some guys are making fucking. Five and a half, six million. What do you, what do you reckon, Sabres or Blue Jackets? Which one? It's got to be the Sabres, isn't it? For what? For what, yeah. I don't know. I just... God. I mean, maybe. They have picked up. They have picked up under Don Granato. They've, they've, they're playing a lot better than they were without a ton of players or both their starting goalies as well. Or so maybe. Jack Eichel's still out, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's done for the season. Okay, yeah, of course. So... Am I, yeah, like I've said before, it's there's only 32, well, I mean, yes, there's only 32 jobs available. So if one becomes available, then you take it because you got to. There's, you can't sort of sit around saying, well, I think I'll wait for this team. No, if 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 War gets an opportunity to go to a team, then... And hey, like I said, fucking why not? Jesus Christ. I'm looking at you, Vancouver. I mean, why not get someone else in to give it a fucking shot? I mean, maybe Vancouver could catch Montreal. Whoever catches Montreal, Montreal have to miss. And then, because if if they miss, and then that it's just right. The stories write themselves, then, don't they? Yeah, you, but but then I think like not even necessarily going as far back as like his departure from the Canadians, but like the way he left the Avalanche and and the way he even coached as the Avalanche. I don't. I think he's got some rehabilitation to do, which is why I think that certain clubs, you know, the sort of more um, or rather less dysfunctional clubs, shall we say. Are probably going to steer clear of him, just thinking that no, we don't need to, especially with you know coaches like Boudreaux and Gallant on the on the on the market this season. Claude Julien, like I think there are going to be other options for the clubs that aren't that way inclined to go for someone less risky than Patrick War. You are right, and maybe that's why that's why maybe probably a GM job would be a GM job would be better. I'd like to. I'd like to see it because I think he's. I think he's a bit nuts. So I think I'd like to see it. Yeah, definitely. Either either that will get him on TNT. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. There we go. Paddy Wars, sign him up. Oh, that'd be lovely. That'd be lovely. Just quickly mentioning Seattle. It's really close now. You mentioned when we talked about the trade deadline show that no one seems to be talking about Seattle or deals or players being protected or anything. Do you think they're going to get the same deals that Vegas got? Those kind, or do you think this time, this time teams are going to just going to say, you know what, fucking, we can't do that again. I don't care. Take whatever you want. We'll deal with it. I, I just don't know because it's one of those ones where whichever way you slice it makes a whole lot of sense to me. It would make sense if if we go extremely other other direction and GM say, nah, I'm not, I'm not doing any deals because I saw how much that bit teams like Florida and the Blue Jackets last time. I'm not, I'm not messing around with it. But then equally, 
I could still see GM saying, oh, well, I really want to hold on to fucking no-name third liner, so I'll uh, trade you away my prospect, who is then going to turn into a 40-goal scorer for you. So it's it's a, it's a tricky one. I reckon you'll still see some deals because some GMs won't be able to help themselves. They won't. You know, teams that have just got too many... Yeah, you know, almost an element of like, right, if I'm going to lose a player, I want to at least have some control over which player I lose. That kind of deal. You know, for teams who have enough players where you know, the rule of eight or the rule of seven and three doesn't doesn't work either way. You know, teams with two good goalies, whatever it might be, you might get deals like that, but I don't think they're going to be quite as rampant and mental as the ones that we saw for Vegas. I've just quickly, I just quickly checked to see, because I, I remember some of them, but not the exact details, but I remember that the Columbus one, and I've just quickly found a an article from SB Nation that listed sort of what was happening. The the uh, the jacket sent the first pick and a prospect to Vegas, making sure they would then choose either Matt Calvert, William Carlson, or Ryan Murray to then protect, which is amazing. To then protect one of Josh Anderson, Jonas Corposalo, Jack Johnson, or David Savard. Two of those players don't play for them anymore, and one of them isn't playing for them right now, but everyone assumes Savard's going to go back anyway to Columbus, but that deal is so, <laughs> that deal's so bad. And I get it. Nobody, nobody knew William, what William Carlson was going to do. Nobody. But, yeah, you've got... Still, all, all just to protect those players as well. It's fucking mad. I know. And then there was Flor- a Minnesota Florida one as well, as well. wasn't there? Well, and Florida. Minnesota. Well, a Florida one. I'm they sure. Trading away and losing. Well, it was it was a it was a pick and Marshall and Smith, so it could protect Pizik, wasn't it? It was not Pizik, was it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was. No I'm certain. It, I'm certain it was Pizik. The Florida Panthers. The, the Florida Panthers. Officially select Jonathan Marcheseau off those unprotected list, but Florida traded Riley Smith and his $25 million contract to Vegas as well. Oh my god. Oh, it was Pizik. I think it was Pizik and Petrovic. Both of which. Is Alex Petrovic even in the fucking league anymore? <laughs> no, he oh, no. is playing for the Stockton Heat in the AHL. Oh my god. And Pizik is a perfectly adequate third pairing defenseman. Is he. Um, Riley Smith or Jonathan Marsh? So no, I wouldn't say so. They got Riley Smith for a fourth. Vegas did. Holy fuck! It's fucking madness, isn't it? That is insane. Okay, and what was the Minnesota one? We got to check it. Oh, we got. We got to know. Why yeah, I don't. Know. Oh, they lost Alex Tuck, didn't they? Oh yeah, it was Eric Eric Howler and Alex Tuck. Wasn't that to stop them oh, taking? Shit, was it Matt yeah. Dumber who would have been? I'm sure it was Matt Dumber. They were trying to protect. Maybe. Uh, oh, the, the one I found hasn't got who they were protecting. But yeah, they got Eric Howler in expansion and then the Wild received the third, a conditional third for Alex Tuck. Fucking That's hell. fucking mad, isn't it? <laughs> These deals fucking... are so bad. They're so bad. And Alex Tuck was like so young. Yeah, for granted he hadn't broken the NHL yet. And he's he's not set the league on fire but like he's still a fucking good player I was I couldn't think I couldn't think of any there's obviously loads but there's so many that I just couldn't narrow that narrow down to one just thinking of teams who've got lots and lots and lots of good players that were going to be like well we can't afford we don't want to afford to lose this guy you know your teams that seemingly have I don't know those teams that seemingly have those abundance of good players in their system but I couldn't think of... I was it maybe like Colorado or somebody like yeah, that? Yeah, like Colorado to an extent. Nashville, as much as they're not that good of a team, you're still looking at... They've got players that arguably, you know, you'd kind of want to keep, like the, all those D-men. So I'm on the expansion draft camp. I mean, you could do it You could do it the other way. In that not just only sort of taking a player that a team is... that that they can't protect, but... Why wouldn't you make a deal and say you want to get it? You want to get rid of Ryan Johansson's contract? Yeah, we'll take it at the draft. But you've, but got, to you've got to send a pick. Yeah. Our, yeah, you've got to give us something else as well. We'll get that contract off your hands. Don't worry. But then we want you know X, Y, or Z to go with it. Well, I think that's what happened with the Florida deal, wasn't it? They wanted to get rid of Riley Smith's five million a year deal, 
Yeah, which yeah, is why yeah. they ended up. But yeah, again, like that's where the the water's muddy of contracts versus players you actually want to protect, sort of thing. It's tricky, isn't it? It's tricky, and and, and there's going to be some madness. There's going to be some absolute madness pulled for probably for financial reasons. I wouldn't be surprised, but I hope we see. Sorry, I I just hope we see other teams actually jumping on it because it felt like we didn't really see all that much into team trading. It was all with Vegas. There wasn't much of like alliance, you know, like the fucking Bruins and the and the Wild teaming up and saying, right, we'll swap you this person so you can protect them for you, and you give us this, that, and the other, and like, yeah, you want to? I I wouldn't be surprised if. Like with Detroit, where Steve Eisenman's in a different position this time, as opposed to being on the line. Oh, last you time. know, you know, yeah, you yeah, know, definitely. Stevie Wise got some tricks up his sleeve. Gonna be He's got to have some tricks up his sleeve. But equally, yeah. like those tricks haven't been pulled yet, so who knows what's going to happen? And you think you want to get in there early with Seattle as well, don't you? Get in there early, get it all sorted out, and then you're done. Then you don't have to worry about it. Have That's a handshake because the Columbus deal was a handshake deal. That, okay, yeah, we agree on this. Don't worry, it's not official yet, but everyone knew it was going to happen. And you want to get out in front of it and get it sorted out so there's no surprises on that day. And there will be teams who'll say, yeah, fuck it, just take whatever you want. I don't care. Here's who we're protecting. That's it. Don't worry about it. Like you say, yeah, Colorado is an interesting one. They've got so many good players. But then if they've got so many good players, they can afford to, they can afford to lose a couple. That, that's the thing. Well, you're going to end up one. losing a player that you can all likelihood replace eventually. Yeah, it's like it's much of a muchness. What they've got four, I'd say uh, that top line: Rantan and McKinnon, Landeskog, and then Kadri is probably worth uh, protecting because he is—he's a good—he's their second best centre. Yeah, it's, it's about—it's the D men. It's a problem for Colorado. If I—if I was Sackage, I'd make a fucking deal to get Eric Johnson off my hands. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Or even, but even then you don't have to just that... protect. It's not. Is it seven forwards, three defensemen, or just eight skaters? Isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd be inclined to make a deal for the forwards. So that we'll trade you fucking X, Y, and Z, and you definitely take one of these four forwards. Yeah. So you don't touch my demon. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait! It's so exciting! Oh, mate, yeah, and there's gonna be obviously the fucking brain boxes at Tampa as well or get some amazing deal where Seattle somehow sends them four first or something I don't know because that's what happens but <laughs> and they take someone else's player <laughs> they, they take the rights to David Savard <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be so intrigued to see the coverage of the the not, not the draft itself but like whoever Seattle ends up picking yeah, like the the sort of analysis of the team they end up with now that you know we've not learned our mistakes necessarily because I don't think you can learn much from the Vegas expansion draft, but I think there's going to be a lot more wild takes with people trying to be on the right side of history this time with the new expansion team. Oh, for sure, no one's gonna no one's gonna dare say this time this team's a joke. They're going to finish last for the next yeah, five years. Absolutely, it's gonna it's gonna be. On paper, this team doesn't look that great, but you never know. So that's well, they're, they're, th- they're going to cover themselves. I think I think they'll go even further. You know, there's some fucking absolute insane people out there in the hockey media that are going to go fucking. Uh, uh, Seattle are going to have a top line of fucking Jeff Skinner, fucking Jeff Carter, and um, Dustin Brown, whatever. And someone's going to come out there and be like, nah guaranteed cup final in their first season. This is the best team in the West. People are going to have those fucking mental brain worms just for for the potential chance of, of being right. I don't hate that point. Yeah, I don't hate that point at all. Because like you say, if you're, if you're wrong, you can just say, ah, it's just a crazy prediction. I just thought I'd try it. But if you're right, you look like a genius. <laughs> Definitely. I'll, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invoke that, that idea. That's what we do every week, isn't it? Is not what you do, what you do that <laughs> yeah, all the time. But, but this is this is more of like a, a tailor. This is like the World Cup of bad takes. <laughs> okay. So now now you now you get to do it on the world stage. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good point. James oh. Rodriguez going from you know playing in Colombia or wherever he was, like fucking Portugal. Yeah, yeah, all right. You're banging in goals week in week out, and now you've got a chance to say something really fucking stupid when everyone's paying attention. <laughs> Andrew Shaw has retired this week on the advice of medical professionals. The first thing, 
let's say this right now. Thank God he's taken the root advice to him by people who know what they're talking about. It's a, it must be a, I mean, I know I've heard, I've heard plays in all sports talking about it where they'll sit down with the doctor and the doctor will say, yeah, you're done. That's it. And you always think, well, I can just, if I could just do a bit more, I can just do one more. No, that's it. You, you are done. And I do think it's a, I think it's a lot easier to make that decision when you've got two cup rings, you know, I know he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, only, yeah. he's only, Christ, I mean, he's only 29. When I saw he was retiring, I thought, oh, well, this makes sense because he's probably, what, 33, 34 now? No, he's only 29. I I think it's like a bit like Brandon Saad. I always forget how old he is. And I think it's being part of that Blackhawks team. You just think all these guys must be 35, 36. No, it's a lot easier to make that decision when you've accomplished everything you ever wanted. Yeah, I think so. But I still think we should um, we should applaud him. Absolutely. Like, that's a fucking... Yeah. That's a brave decision to make, I think. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you say, so many athletes are almost conditioned or, or encouraged to be like, yeah, you see all those stories. Oh, you defied what the doctor said. They said, they said, I'd never walk again. And now I'm back in the NBA. Like, that, those stories are, you know, heartwarming and inspiring and power to the people who go that route. But especially for a player in, in Shaw's position, with the way that the league treats and looks at playing through injuries, the fact that he's been dealing with post-concussion syndrome and stuff like that, like that's a a brave step to take for a player in, in Shaw's position. And and whether you like the guy on the ice or not, or even off the ice, like I don't know too much about Andrew Shaw off the ice, but like I think you've got to take your hat off to him and say, no, you made the right decision for yourself and your family and fucking power to you, son. We know that being a... Stanley Cup champion doesn't guarantee you a spot in the Hall of Fame. What about if you have? What about if you have two? You have two cup rings. God, say it, say it. What were you asking me? No, that's the thing. Like, there's no guarantee. There's lots of players who've won a Stanley Cup who will not get into the Hall of Fame. Yet he's got two. Yet you would never. If you said to somebody Andrew Shaw, Hall of Famer, they'd say, "No, nah, probably not." But he's got two cup rings, so. Like if you've got this, I was gonna say I was gonna say two is twice as many as one. Thank you, everybody. Fucking maths here with a fucking thank you, thank you. But that's kind of isn't that just then not possible to not put him in? Like you have to put him in. He's got two cup rings, or am I or or not? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think you're. I think you're fucking off your rocker there, mate. To be honest. Um, what about uh, what about Brian Bickle? Is Brian Bickle Gonna go in the Hall of Fame? Are we gonna, are we gonna have to have the Chris Kunitz chat again? <laughs> well, I, I was gonna say Chris Kunitz, but I think Chris Kunitz has a, a far bigger argument, you know, stake to claim oh, I, at the Hall of Fame. Hey, hey, he's got twice. He's got twice as much of an argument as Andrew Shaw. Just as we do quick maths again. <laughs> Mate, I'm, all jokes aside, four cup rings. Like I don't give a fuck what you were doing. Like that's there's a question to be asked there, isn't it? What about like Christopher sure. Stieg? He's got he's got fucking two cup rings, hasn't he? Just I know. <laughs> just just going through um and he's got a Spengler <laughs> cup as well. Just going through all of the two thousand and fifteen Chicago Blackhawks. Like any any role player who ends up with two cup rings, like yeah, fair play you got two cup rings, but you're still a fucking role player. Do you know what I mean? You're right. It's it's so weird though, isn't it? It's so weird to be thought of that like there's so, there are some players who will never ever reach the pinnacle of their sport ever. Yet there are players who will do it two, three, four times, and they're not—they're considered way further down the list than somebody who never won it but had good individual stats. I just find it odd. It's—I find it—it's a weird. I'm not—I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I just couldn't. I don't know. I just—I just kept thinking, how can he win two cups and not not get classed as a? I don't know it's, because it's that's the goal. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. It's put my mind into a pretzel. But it's—it's it's the issue where. To win a cup is it is easier than winning an individual award, you know what, what I mean, it? and and easier uh, than being a really good player. I think. Not to say that winning a cup is easy, but case in point, you've got people like fucking Andrew Shaw and Brian Bickle who have multiple cup rings, and are probably not even in the top half of players in the league ever were. No, you're right. Do you know what I mean? You're right, but it just seems odd. It just seems odd, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, on, when you when you're looking on on the surface, yes, it is odd. 
you know, the guys won the cup twice, which is something that, like you say, plenty of players don't even get close to doing. Very hard thing to do. You know, it's it's the pinnacle of the sport, but it's the nature of the game itself where you can have people further down the lineup who contribute in their own ways, but just because you win a couple of cups doesn't mean you're a Hall of Fame. I just, like in like in footy, I, I think you can win the World Cup and you're not like a legendary football player. I suppose, but it, it's because it. My thing was because he's done it twice. I get what you're saying. He's a role player, but because he's done it twice, that's what put me more into a weird kind of. You can always get. I don't want to say lucky, but there is luck involved. But you can always. There are plenty of players you've got one. It's such a small list of players who've got two, and obviously you know, or then three, or then four, or then whatever. But in in theory, in theory, he's in the top ten percent of players who've ever played <laughs> because he won. He won the main prize twice. Does that make sense in a weird yeah, way? Yeah, in, I, in a like that is that bizarre? It, it's just odd. I just couldn't get my I couldn't wrap my brain around it. The, the issue is where where do you stop? Are you just gonna are you gonna induct every single member of the Blackhawks quote unquote dynasty into the fucking um, into the hall? Or of even fame? the kings. Even the kings. Even the <laughs> Who kings. Won two yeah. and three years. Yeah, exactly. You know like, I mean? gonna, is Dan Carcillo gonna be? In the Hall of Fame is even even Nick Jarmusson, like Nick Jarmusson, great, great player, fantastic player. He's got fucking has he got three? Yeah, he's got three. Yeah, he might have. He's got, he's got three <laughs> he's got three cups, but like all due respect to Nick Jarmusson, I don't think he's gonna get in the Hall of Fame. Brent, is Brent Seabrook going in your Hall of Fame, Dan? Either is Patrick Sharp going in the Hall of Fame. Like these all players I would say infinite had had an infinitely larger impact on the game than Andrew Shaw. Which then just kind of proves that, like, yeah, all right, you can win, you can win a hundred cups, but you're not necessarily a hall of famer, unless you did yeah, it you with the right. Oilers in the eighties. That's the, that's the <laughs> yeah. Antoine Vermet, two cup winner, Christopher Stieg, two time cup winner. It's just odd. It's just uh, odd. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's a weird one. It's very weird, especially with like the the amount of reverence that we put on on cup. Yeah, I feel like it almost draws the curtain back on a cup winner, and in a way, and just says like. Yeah, you know, as as much as yeah, you, know, you see the team passing around the cup, everybody's crying on the ice, they're cheering, someone's fucking rubbing their tits up against the glass, like it's it's beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking shout out to Koozie. Koozie's thinking about the marching powder that he's gonna crack out the second he gets into the <laughs> locker room. But it's as much as those moments are incredible, you say, Oh, this is amazing, the team won the cup, like at the same time, like ninety percent of that team is nothing in the history books. Nothing at all. Isn't that mad? It's so crazy. Yeah, isn't it? it's, it's so crazy. It's fucking, it's fucking mental. And you can say it about like most most players. I was I was watching some fucking highlight video the other day of I forget. I think it was like sportsmanship moments in the NHL because I'm such a fucking loser. But um, oh my god! I know. Yeah, fucking absolute absolute waste, <laughs> man. Fucking gal. Um, yeah, pour one out for me. And this this isn't the same level at all. But like Troy Brower showed up in a highlight clip and. Like I haven't, I haven't been watching hockey for even ten years, let alone fucking a hundred years. But that was enough of like, oh yeah, I remember when Troy Brown was a person that you would talk about on in the same way you talk about, I don't know, fucking Jason Zucker or someone like that, or Alex Cullorn. And now he is just nothing, absolutely nothing. Yeah, Troy Brown didn't win any cups or anything like that, but it just shows. It's it's the point I'm trying to make is that ninety percent of the players in the league, let alone on any average team, will be forgotten. Two years after they retire, isn't that nuts? Fucking That's so mad, crazy, isn't it? absolutely mental. I'm actually quite. I'm quite sad. <laughs> <laughs> it was all for nothing. It was <laughs> all for, you've wasted your life. What do you have? Untold riches. Uh, uh, <laughs> two Stanley Cups. Two Yeah, two nothing. cup rings. Uh, a beautiful, adoring family. Why? Wow, and nobody wasted- cares. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and some some geezers in England barely remember your name. You fucking piece of shit. <laughs> oh no, that is interesting though. And I guess being a two-time cup champ isn't the same as just playing a lot, is it? So I guess you can't get in for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> very, very different. I, I feel like Patrick Marlowe further further emphasizes that that thing. Like it's yeah, you can win the right. And Andrew, both Andrew Shaw and Brian Bickle are 
diabolical examples to compare to Patrick Marlowe because they've both had their careers ended early by injury. But yeah, it's 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 more of a uh, Hall of Fame worthy achievement, I think, to play the most games in NHL history than it is to play four flying minutes on two cup winning teams. Like I said at the start of the show, I think it's more of an achievement now because he's murdered the legacy of Mr. Hockey. So I think that's actually an achievement. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm coming around to liking that more and more. Fuck it, talk about Snake yeah, Team. Me too, actually. Talk about Snake Team, make it. never won a major <laughs> award, didn't win a cup, and now he's now he's knocked Gordie Howe off a fucking pedestal just by hanging about for ages. What, what's not to love about that? What is not to Dude, love? Dude, you're fucking right. You're fucking right. I'm oh. all on board. Yeah. Fucking hell, we love the snakes on this show. We love the snakes. <laughs> Shout out. Uh, we always say, don't we? We always say we we'll have to, we, we should, in the off-season, try and put together a combined snake team. Just absolute king snakes. Marlon's ahead of the snakes. I was going to sure. say fucking Absolutely. Cap- captain of, of Team Snake. <laughs> captain of Team Snake. Oh, dear. All right. There we go. And we bookended it well. There we go. So that was some Patrick Marlowe chat. And it was some Patrick Marlowe chat. That's how you podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Start, start off with some Patrick Marlowe slander and end up with uh, calling him a, a legend. A legend in our time. <laughs> Started off calling him Patrick Marlowe a Nazi. Ended it with saying he should be in the Hall of Fame because he because he desecrated the memory of some older hockey player. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. There we go. Thank you for listening, everybody. Will, any last words? Uh, tune in next week for when we explain to you why... Uh... Why Nathan McKinnon is actually a terrible QAnon freak. Ah, oh, there we go. Should be a good one. Take care, Bob. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.